I said my God is good all the time God is good before I bring the Word of God to the house today I've got to do something a little special we get to do something a little special uh, for about seven years as most of you know Jackie and I were youth pastors our first church in Tampa and then our second church that we just came from a year and a half ago in Alabama we love young people I love young people we love teenagers on a side note let me just report to this body I have zeroed in on a candidate to be our youth pastor uh, he is a graduate of a recent of a, a Bible college recently is already licensed with the Assemblies of God I'll be bringing him down from his state soon and hopefully with your prayers this is the right man to lead our youth group and our young adult ministry so just keep praying because I believe that before we get on the property God is going to send us the right one amen but today in the absence of a youth pastor we're kind of stepping back into that youth pastor role and we're going to highlight four very special teenagers four very special girls that are recent graduates of New Smyrna Beach High School as I as I call your name I want you to move your tassel to the side and throw it in the air I'm playing but as I call your name I want you to come girls and I want you to stand in front of me in these altars the first one Ashley Oliveira put your hands together today as Ashley comes today our second girl that we are highlighting Deborah Oliveira put your hands together as Deborah comes to the Lord our third girl that we are honoring today Rebecca Oliveira where's Rebecca at Rebecca would you come and our fourth recent graduate of New Smyrna Beach High School out of this church Jessica Browning Jessica would you come church put your hands together for these girls like I just mentioned I, I love teenagers I love to see teenagers in the house of God worshiping our God with full abandon and I believe in these four girls I believe that your future is bright I believe that God has you in the palm of his hand he's not gonna let go and that everywhere you go God is going to be with you everywhere you go God is gonna be with you and all the decisions that you make in this life I believe that God is going to favor you from jobs to boys you knew that was coming to everything in your future I, I, I pray today that everything you touch will turn to gold church would you stretch your hands forward today as we pray over these four precious girls baby would you pray 
Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for these beautiful women of God, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you for what they've meant to this church, Lord God, as each and every one of them have been involved in ministry and helping out, whether in nursery or with sound, Lord God, media, Lord God, kids' church. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that they didn't wait, Lord God, but they accepted the call, Lord God, to honor you, Lord Jesus, even now, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bless them during this time of transition. That can be scary. That can be a time where, where they're uncertain of different things, Lord God. I pray that they would trust in you, Lord God. Lord God, because you have good plans to prosper them, Lord God, to make their path straight, Lord Jesus, to give them hope in a future, Lord God. I love you, Lord Jesus, and I thank you for each and every one of them, Lord God. I pray that you bless them abundantly in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, church, I want us to do something special today. I believe in giving honor where honor is due. And this is a lifetime accomplishment. So would you stand up on your feet? Girls, would you turn around? Let yourselves be recognized. Church, put your hands together. Let's give it up for these four beautiful girls. Praise the Lord. And girls, we have special gifts for you from this church. One for each of you. So take one. You don't get to take two. Your sister gets one as well. Thank you so much, girls. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much as well, baby. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn very quickly with me to the book of Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel, chapter 47. I realize what time it is. I'm going to go as quickly as I possibly can. As you turn in the Bible today, uh, let me emphasize. We've made the announcement, but let me emphasize the importance of next week. I believe that Father's Day, we have just a handful of services a year that I believe every Sunday is important. Let me say that. I believe every Sunday is important. But there's a handful of Sundays a year that we really, truly emphasize. Make sure that you are here next week. Men of God, men of God, be here because we're going to pray that the Lord will give you wisdom and knowledge to lead your household and the will of our God. Amen? Amen. As you know, we're in the middle of a series that we have entitled Summer Business. Is there anybody here that has enjoyed this current series, Summer Business. Can I tell you today that we have been praying that this would be the greatest summer in the history of this great church. We have outreach opportunities. There's opportunities for everyone in this room to get involved in ministries. This is the summer that we are going to get on our church property. I cannot wait. One of the reasons is because we can finally have cold air again in our church service. Praise the Lord. It's hot. It's hot up in here. We've been praying for a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit and not just our services, but in all of our ministries and in the families that make up this great church. Is there anybody here that's been praying that with me? that we experience an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is second to none in this community. Everybody that believes that, put your hands together. I want to see it happen. 
Now, business can be defined as this, that with which a person is principally and seriously concerned. Can I tell you today that I want to concern myself with the things that Jesus concerns himself with? Amen, Pastor. Thank you for the five people that said amen. I said I want to concern myself with the things that Jesus concerns himself with. Because listen to me when I say this. The business of Jesus should be my business as well today. Now the first order of business. I feel like I'm at a business meeting. I just need my gavel. Come on. The first order of business that the Lord is revealing to this house is that we are going to experience a season of overflow. We are experiencing a season of harvest. I'm so thankful, church. I say this almost every Sunday because it's with an attitude of gratitude that people are coming to know Jesus Christ, not because of a preacher, not because of a name or a title, but because Jesus is drawing them in. I don't know about you, but I think that every single person under the sound of my voice today can be used in greater ways. And one thing that I am thankful for today is that there are people under the sound of my voice that range from all ages that say, Pastor, I've had my eye on the harvest, and here am I, Lord, send me. I am going to be a worker to bring the harvest home. If that is you, give God a shout of praise. Now, there's three things, church, that I want you to understand as I move quickly about the harvest. First off, the harvest is plentiful. Two weeks ago, I shared with you that there are over 105,000 people that make up Port Orange, New Smyrna Beach, and Edgewater. I gave you a very high statistic that maybe 50% of those people already have a personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with Jesus Christ. That means that over 50,000 people that are here in a 25-mile radius that do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Church, let me tell you something. I'm not after somebody else's sheep. There's enough fish in the sea for all of us. If we are going to grow, I want to grow off sinners who become saints. Somebody give God a shout of praise. The harvest is plentiful. The second thing I want you to realize is that the harvest is precious. And thirdly today, the harvest is my priority. But not only, church, do I believe that God is wanting to grow this house. I believe that God is wanting to grow us. Because while the harvest is there, I believe that the Lord is raising up a remnant here today that says we're going after the harvest while I live holy. Is there anybody here today that says, Pastor, I want to live holy this summer. I want to choose God above everything else. Can I tell you, the beach is going to be there after we get out of service. Fishing will still be there after we get out of service. Some of y'all are like, Pastor, I'm going to take you out back if you say that one more time. This is vacation time. 
But we're not going to take a vacation from God because aren't you glad that God does not take a vacation from us? Why is that? Because my God is holy, and he's calling a remnant, a group of people in New Smyrna Beach to be like him. Holy is this. It's set apart. It's different. It's a cut above. And I don't know about you, but I've made my choice that I'm going to be a little bit different. I don't want to be like this world. I think that God should be able to tell a difference between his followers and this world. And let me take it a step forward. I believe that this world should tell a difference between us and them. I don't believe that I got to become more like the world to save the world. Preach, pastor. I'm trying to. Look at your neighbor and say, that's my business. Now, this past Friday, church, as I was praying, it's not uncommon for me to receive a word from the Lord on Friday. Friday, if you saw my Facebook status, it's a day that I, I put the finishing touches on my message. It's, it's making sure that I've got every I dotted and every T crossed for our service format because if there's one thing that we want to do as a body, it's we want to do things with excellence. I want to make sure that whatever my hand finds to do, I do it to the best of my ability. But as I was beginning to pray and study on Friday over today's service, I received a word from the Lord, and I looked up to the Lord, and I said, God, couldn't you have given me this word a little bit earlier? But on Friday, most of you know this, that Joshua, he goes to daycare with us up in Ormond. Right now, our office is are up in Ormond. And on Friday during the summer, for their daycare, it's water day. Now, if there's something that you have got to understand about my little three-year-old boy, is that Joshua is deathly afraid of water. We're trying our best to teach him how to swim. Even yesterday, we, we went to the pool twice yesterday. Praise the Lord, I'm not sunburnt. Hallelujah. We went to the pool twice yesterday. We got him floaties on his arm. We also placed him in a tube. I'm sitting there thinking, boy, you ain't going nowhere. You're like a buoy. You know, you just like bob around. But I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to teach my son how to swim. And so I, I bring him out of that tube. He still has his floaties on. And he's got like a kung fu grip around my throat. It's like mortal combat. I felt like he's about to finish me off. He's not letting go. And I'm sitting there, I'm trying to teach him how to swim. On Friday during water day, they have this little kiddie pool out there. And, and as I've just stated, Joshua is afraid uh, of getting in the water. And so I'm standing uh, over to the side, and I'm watching my little three-year-old. And all the other kids are in the kiddie pool, and he's just like standing there watching it. He's like standing there watching the kids in the water, looking at the water. And I notice as his father, he's doing this. He sticks his toe in, and after he sticks his toe in, he sticks that little three-year-old foot in, and he's got one foot in the water, and he's got one foot on dry land. And as his daddy, he couldn't see me. I'm wanting to shout to him, get in. It's going to be okay. The water is like an inch thick. There's no way that you can drown, boy. And the Lord spoke to me. 
And he said, son, I wonder how many believers treat me like they treat that pool. How many people that come to church on Sundays and, and they stick that toe into the water and they just begin to walk away? How many people, they just, they've got one foot in and they got one foot out? When as the father, I'm sitting there trying to say, get in. It's going to be okay. You're actually going to like it. Go all in. And so I'm preaching a message to you today that I've entitled, All In. Because I believe today that my summer business is to go all in. This is a word that I received just 48 hours ago from heaven for this house. I was actually going to continue the H's. From harvest to holy to hope and healing. But the Lord said, I'm pausing that because there's somebody that's here today that needs to hear what the Lord is trying to say to this house. That there's no more one foot in and one foot out. Because you're either all in or you're not in at all. Give God a shout of praise. Now listen. The Bible says this in Ezekiel chapter 47. I'm actually reading 12 verses from the scripture today. And I'm also reading from the message translation, verse 1. Now he brought me back to the entrance to the temple. I saw water pouring out from under the temple porch to the east. The temple faced east. The water poured from the south side of the temple, south of the altar. Then he took me out through the north gate and led me around outside to the gate complex on the east. The water was gushing from under the south front of the temple. He walked to the east with a measuring tape and measured off 1,500 feet, leading me through water that was ankle deep. Look at your neighbor and say, ankle deep water. He measured off another 1,500 feet, leading me through water that was knee deep. Look at your other neighbor and say, knee deep water. He measured off another 1,500 feet, leading me through waist deep water. Look at somebody behind you and say, waist deep water. He measured off another 1,500 feet. By now, it was a river over my head, water to swim in, water no one could possibly walk through. And in verse 6, he said, Son of man, have you had a good look? Then he took me back to the riverbank. While sitting on the bank, I noticed a lot of trees on both sides of the river. He told me, this water flows east, descends to the Araba, and then into the sea, the sea of stagnant waters, that is the Dead Sea. When it empties into those waters, the Dead Sea will actually become fresh. Oh, my goodness. Wherever the river flows, life will flourish. Great schools of fish because the river is turning the salt sea into fresh water. Wherever the river flows, life abounds. Oh, my goodness gracious. Am I the only one that's excited for the reading of the word today? Let me say that one sentence again. Wherever the river flows, life abounds. Maybe we need to change the name of our church from Calvary NSB to River of Life. Come on, somebody. Fishermen will stand shoulder to shoulder along the shore from the Engedi all the way to the England, casting their nets. I hope I said that properly. If I did not, you can uh, email me later. The sea will teem with fish of all kinds, like the fish of the great Mediterranean. The swamps and marshes, they won't become fresh. They'll, still, they'll stay salty. 
Last verse, but the river itself on both banks will grow fruit trees of all kinds. Their leaves won't wither. The fruit won't fall. Every month they'll bear fresh fruit because the river from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. Father, I pray today that you would add the blessing of the reading of your word. I hear you, Holy Spirit. Let us go all in. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Everyone that loves the Lord, say. Now, if you're ready to dive into this thing, no pun intended, look at your neighbor and say, I'm going all in. This summer, my business is to go out to harvest. This summer, I'm going to concern myself with living holy because my God is holy. And this summer, my business is to make sure that I am all in. All in. It's a phrase that, to be honest with you, we, we really don't use much in our everyday vocabulary. Sure, sport teams will chant it. Thank God that football season is on the horizon. Hallelujah. Roll tide. I felt the anointing of the Lord come into this house. Businessmen will, will prepare for it. Engaged couples will commit to it. But listen to me when I say this. Believers in Christ will actually live it. You see, you're either all in. Look at your neighbor and say, or not in at all. Now, as your pastor, can I step on your toes for just a moment? Is that okay? Because I believe that the Lord is wanting to have a relationship with you that goes beyond Sunday. I don't want to have a relationship with God just on Sunday. Imagine what kind of a relationship that would be if the only time I talked to my wife was just on Sunday. I would be up here today letting you know how comfortable my couch truly is. But I believe today that my God is wanting to have a relationship with us on Sunday. On Monday that flows into Tuesday. We're still testing the waters on Wednesday. We're still living for him on Thursday. I'm telling everybody about his goodness on Friday. I'm letting everybody know about his mercy and his grace on Saturday. And I'm preparing myself for Sunday because Sunday is a day that I get together with everybody else in my church and I worship Jesus and I get fed. Do you want to know why I need to get fed? Because I leak. I leak, everybody. I need God to fill me up every day of my life. I leak every day, and therefore I need to be in his presence every day because I don't want to run on empty. I believe that we've got too many believers out there today. You run your car like you run your spiritual life. You say the only time that I'm going to go to the gas station is when I see that e-light come on. Let me tell you something. God doesn't want to see that e-light come on in your life. God wants to fill you up, and he wants you to be all in. Give God a shout of praise if you believe that. Now, our scripture today in Ezekiel 47, listen to me when I say this. I'm going to be preaching in the fall a prophecy series. I'm going to be bringing in, bringing in preachers that, that excel at prophecy preaching. But I'm here to tell you today that our scripture in Ezekiel 47, it gives a, a prophetic connotation. Because Ezekiel 47, 
is a vision from the prophet. In fact, if you ever read the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel is a book of visions. Say, Pastor, why do you share the vision of the house every Sunday? Why do you talk to us about the building? Why do you give us updates about the Utilities Commission and the site plan? Because without vision, people will perish. Ezekiel is a book of visions. It's letting us know what is to come yet. Now, the temple that we see in Ezekiel 47, this temple has not yet been restored. The temple that we read about in Ezekiel 47 is a temple that is coming during the millennial reign of Christ. The rapture has already taken place. We are pre-tribulation believers. I believe, church, that Jesus is coming for his church, and then the tribulation is going to take place. I don't want to be here doing all that mess. The tribulation is going to take place. As you know, three and a half good years, three and a half bad years, the Antichrist will rise up. And then, well, let me first off say this. During those seven years, guess where we're going to be? We're going to be up in heaven partying. Come on. I'm going to have the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm going to have everything on the platter. Hallelujah. In heaven, there is no calories. Hey, that's to get somebody to fall out in the Holy Ghost right now. And after those seven years, Jesus is going to come back riding on a white horse, and he's going to judge the nations. He's going to defeat the devil. And then in Revelation 19 and 20, the Bible says that he is going to establish a thousand-year reign on this earth. We're going to come back, and we're going to see the earth in a whole new way. No longer is the devil going to be the prince of this air, but my God, oh, my Jesus is going to establish his kingdom once and for all. Somebody give God a shout of praise today if you believe that. And the Bible says that Ezekiel sees a temple restored. I'm here to tell you today, and this should get somebody pretty excited, that my God is still in the restoration business. I'm here to tell you today that no matter what you have done, no matter what your reputation is, no matter how people used to know you, nothing is too hard for my God to restore in your life. My mother, she owns a small furniture business, and, and what she excels in is getting used pieces of furniture and restoring them. And her little theme there is shabby chic. Is there any women out there that knows about shabby chic furniture? Three of you. Shabby chic furniture, that's her theme. Well, Jackie and I, because we saw that the business was lucrative when we were youth pastors, I said, you know what? It can't be that hard. Famous last words. Why don't we kind of jump into this thing with her? And what we would do, we would go to thrift stores. We would go to used furniture stores. And we would find furniture that we thought was still in good condition. And we would try our best. I went on YouTube because how many know you can find everything out on YouTube? <laughs> 
And I went on YouTube, and I tried my best to figure out how to paint this furniture shabby chic and, and how to restore this furniture. It's harder than it looks. I wasn't any good at it. My furniture, it didn't look restored. It still looked used. But I'm here to tell you today that while we still looked for good pieces to restore, I'm so thankful that my God looks for the bad. That my God sits there with open arms for the worst. Oh, Jesus. That everybody out there that says, you know what, I'm not good anymore. Nobody can do anything with this. Aren't you glad today that my God still looks? Hallelujah. The Bible says this in Revelation chapter 21, that behold, I make all things new. The word restored actually has two definitions. It, it means this, to bring back to a state of health and to bring back into existence. And all while he is going to do that to the temple, I'm here to tell you today that somebody in this room needs to be restored. I believe with all my heart that God is wanting to bring somebody in this house back into existence. Pastor, I I'm a sinner. Let God bring you back. I I'm addicted. Let God bring you back to a state of health. I'm lost. Let God bring you back into existence. Somebody give God a shout of praise because you know that my God still restores tell somebody around you God can bring you back now listen to me church as I was studying over this word on Friday the Lord revealed four truths I believe that we need to go a little bit deeper into this passage of scripture say pastor I'm ready to go deeper today the Lord revealed this to me, that there are four types of believers even in this room today. Are you ready to get in this? Number one, there's ankle-deep believers. There's ankle-deep Christians. Now, this can be a good thing and it could be a bad thing. The good thing is everybody needs a starting point. Everybody needs somewhere to start. The shallow end of the pool is always a good place to start. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you automatically become that ankle-deep believer. That's a good thing. You're saying, I'm tired of the shore living. I'm ready to kind of get in and see what this is all about. I I'm an ankle-deep believer. And I'm here to tell you today that that can be a good thing. Now the ankles or the feet, they speak to where the body stands. And so when we accept Jesus Christ, we begin to declare to everybody around us that I've got a new foundation to stand on. <laughs> can, I, can I tell you something today? The foundation in this church is not a man's opinion. It's not some catchy worship song, hallelujah. It's not some pastor or a title. The foundation of this church is and always will be, while I'm the one holding this microphone, it will be the Word of God. Nothing, nothing 
Nothing will ever be above the Word of God in this house. Everything that comes out of these lips will be straight from the Word of the Lord. It's the foundation onto which we stand on. But the problem is the fact that too many people choose to stay in the shallow end. And you can always tell the people that choose to stay, to stay in the shallow end because they begin to live their life shallow. You can always tell the people that live in the shallow end because they live shallow. These are, are the Christians that, you know, they, they come to church every Sunday. But they're the ones that they look mean as heck on their faces during worship. Don't you look at your neighbor right now. Look at me. But you know what I'm talking about. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt. You know what I'm talking about. Now, let me tell you, if you do that in my church, well, I'm going to kick you out myself, all right? But it's the ones that they never enter in. It's, they're the ones that are just standing in the shallow end of the pool because the shallow end of the pool, it requires little to no commitment. <laughs> These are the people that just step in to get their feet wet because they're still in control. They're still in control of their thinking. They behave to their own will. They live in the shallow end. And you can tell when they're ankle deep in the water because the water is muddy around them. The people that always live in the shallow end, they begin to muddy everything up in their life. They can't hold down a job. Look at me. Their relationships are always on the rocks. Everything around them is muddy. They're always stirring something up. It's too cold. Not in here, it's not. It's too hot. It's too loud. It's too bright. It's not bright enough. The seats, they hurt my bum bum. The seats are too close together. Tell your neighbor that it's time to stop standing in the shallow end, and it's time to take a step. It's time to take a step because here's the deal. Listen to me. If you catch nothing else, hear me when I say this. The deeper that you go into the river, the less flesh that you begin to see. I don't want to see no fleshly living in this house. There doesn't need to be any kind of worldly living in this house. Stop posting pictures of yourself on Facebook in the clubs. I need to move on right there. But we're going to take a step. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to take a step. The second time of believers, I'm moving quickly. We're going from ankle deep. The Bible says this, to knee deep. Knee deep, again, can be a good thing. It's a sign that somebody, they took a step. They said ankle deep water was just not cutting it anymore. I, I need to go just a little bit farther in this walk. Now, now hear me, church, when I say this, that the knees of our body, they are the joints that cause us to run. If you damage your knee, 
you will have very little movement in your legs. You can barely move your legs. Is there anybody out there today that's ever had a knee replacement or, or you torn some cartilage in your knee? You know it's excruciating pain. You, you want to walk. You want to run. I'm a football fan. You a lot of times see running backs that they'll tear their ACL, their MCL ligaments in their knee. They're out for nearly a year to try and prep for the upcoming season. The knees are the joints to which we run on. And I'm here to tell you today that God wants you to surrender the running of your life to Him. He wants you to run on knees of prayer because when we are on our knees, it is a sign of surrenderance to the Lord. Give me a Christian that not just sings well, but knows how to get on their knees and will change a city for Jesus Christ. Give me somebody that says, you know what? I may not be able to preach, but boy, I sure can pray. I remember when I was a little boy growing up, as soon as I told my father, that I'm called into the ministry. Well, number one, he made me go serve around the church, and he made me do things I didn't want to do. Yeah, all. Oh, thank you so much. Someone said all. Oh, thank you. The second thing that he made me do is he made me get around all of the older people in the church. At their church in Alabama, even to this day, on Tuesday mornings, they'll have a Bible study. The pastor, my father, he still teaches that Bible study on a regular basis. The Bible study will last for about 20 minutes. But boy, let me tell you, the fun begins after the Bible study. Because that's when the 30 to 50 older people in the church, they come down on the altars and they say, you know what, pastor? We may not be able to drive at night anymore. We may not be able to go to Wednesday night service anymore. But we're going to come and we're going to bathe this church in prayer. And I'm here to tell you today, oh my goodness, that I learned how to pray along some of the elders of the house. And I'm here to tell you, dads, get ready. Because I'm about to blow something out of the water. I never want Joshua to remember the sounds of my preaching over my prayer life. I want Joshua to catch his father praying. Daddies, fathers, mothers who have no man in your life, you're the leader of your household as well. Let your children catch you on your knees crying out to God. Stop crying over spilled milk. Stop crying over who left you. Stop crying over who took the money out of your bank account. Stop crying over your checkbook. Give it to the Lord. Let your knees, let there be somebody in this house that rises up from the ashes and says, I'm going to run my race to the finish line. No matter what comes my way, no matter if I stumble along the path, no matter if I hurt my knee from time to time, I'm going to keep on running to Jesus. Somebody give God some praise in this house. Staying in knee-deep water, it's, it's a good thing. These are the people that they start to at least sing during worship. So we graduated from looking angry in worship to at least singing sometimes. They begin to have somewhat of a prayer life. They even start to tithe. But the problem is, is that when you stay knee-deep, you still have your eyes on the shore. 
You're coming, but you're not entering. You're in the water a little, but come tomorrow, you're going to start your day out again in the sand. You see, the problem is that you're not willing to go all You take a few steps to get out of the sun, but the rest of you is still getting burned. <laughs> I'm going to buy this myself. Listen to me when I say this. Temporary relief will not bring you eternal results. <laughs> These are the people that every Sunday, they got to ask God to forgive them of the same sins. It got like so quiet and this sanctuary right now. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Let me tell you something. I'm so thankful we live in the dispensation of grace. We no longer live under the dispensation of law. We live under the, dis the dispensation of grace. And I'm thankful today that no matter what, I, what sin I've committed, that Jesus in his grace will always forgive me of my sins. But it's time that we put our big boy and our big girl pants on, and it's time that we start to live out a life all in, except then just asking God to forgive Forgive me for cheating on my wife the night before. Instead of just asking God to forgive me for stealing that money by not tithing so I can have a better vacation. Am I preaching today just a little bit? You were with me just a moment ago. I was talking about running the race, but now look at your neighbor and say it's time to take another step. From ankle deep to knee deep, now thirdly, waist deep. Verse 4, leading me through waist deep water. Now, let me tell you something. At waist deep level, this is when it starts to get good. Because you actually begin to feel the current around you. These are the people that say, you know what, I, I was tired of ankle deep living. I was tired of shallow living. I was tired of knee deep living. I'm actually ready to start making a commitment to Jesus because I, I, I'm going to get into waist deep water. And when you get in waist deep water, you begin to lose control of your movement. Is there anybody out there that's ever taken a step in waist deep water? It's hard to walk. In fact, nowadays, orthopedic surgeons will tell somebody that actually hurt their lower extremities, the best way to exercise, exercise get in water. Get in waist-deep water because then there's no lifting. You don't have to put all the weight down on your legs, but you take steps, and it's causing your muscles to work just a little bit more. And you actually begin to feel some strength. Uh-huh. The more that you stay in waist-deep water, someone said Michael Jackson. <laughs> Jackson 5, come on. The more that you stay in waist-deep water, the more that you begin to feel the current around you, the more strength that you're going to get that rises up inside of you. But when you stay in waist-deep water, you realize that the commitment gets a little bit harder. It requires just a little bit more commitment. You see, God allows you to stay in waist-deep level water because it requires a little bit more from you. You start to at least want to get involved in the church. You even begin to now raise your hands in worship. <gasps> 
But the problem is, is that you still have not gotten all the way in. You're halfway there, but you're not completely submerged yet. Something is still holding people that stay in waist-deep water back. You're still holding on to that relationship. You're still holding on to that addiction. You feel convicted, but you don't want to change. Why? Because after you begin to stay in waist-deep water, you actually begin to get stuck. It's hard to, to get it out. You're, you're halfway committed, but it's harder for you to take that step because God is saying, I'm going to allow you to stay in waist-deep water just so long so that you see what you're about to get yourself into. It requires all of you. But the more that you stay there, the more that you get in a rut. The more that you say, well, this Christian living, man, it becomes a schedule instead of a lifestyle. I never want to treat Jesus like my schedule because Jesus is my lifestyle. And he's wanting you to move from ankle deep. Are you ready for this? To knee deep, from waist deep, to now number four, the fourth type of believer that's in this house. We got Christians in here that are all in. God is wanting all of you in this place. But the Bible says this, by now it was a river over my head, water to swim in, water no one could possibly walk through. Here's the deal, that when you go all in, you realize that you have gone beyond your own ability. I'm beginning to preach up in this place. You go wherever the current takes you now. This is the place where all you can do is trust that the Holy Spirit is leading you into places that you have never been before. I remember in my office as a youth pastor nearly two years ago when my father and I had been praying about me leaving the church. I was basically his assistant pastor. How many times was I preaching on Sundays for him? I was doing a lot of things extra than a youth pastor normally they, they would not do. And he came into my office and said, Son, I've heard from God. It's okay now. I'll release you. And at that moment, my wife and I, we began to cry. Now, I'm not that emotional of a man, to be honest with you. But I remember as my father, my spiritual mentor, my spiritual father, not just my earthly father, but the one that raised me up in the ministry as well. He said, I release you. It's time to go and to get out and do your own thing. Get out and do your own thing. Tears began to scream down my face because I realized at that moment, God, I'm all in. I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know what church is wanting to hire us to be their senior pastors. But all I know right now is that, Lord, here am I. Use me. Send me. Because I'm going to go wherever the current of the Spirit of God takes me. Oh, somebody give God a shout of praise. It's a place where you are completely surrendered to the will of the river. How did you start that business? I went all in. How did you meet your bride? 
I surrendered to the river. How did your whole family come to know Jesus? I led them past waist deep water. How did you overcome that addiction? I decided that I wanted to be completely submerged in the river of my God. Is there anybody out there today that says, oh pastor, I'm going to get under that river and I'm going to take, I'm going to go wherever that river begins to take me. Man, would you come, come quickly. This river, it signifies one person. The river always will signify the Spirit of God. And if there's one thing that we are going to be, it's we're going to be this, a people of and for the Holy Spirit of God. We want the Holy Spirit in our lives. I need more of the Spirit in my life every day. Hear me, church. We need the Spirit of God when we look to hire a youth pastor, we need the Holy Spirit to lead us onto that property. I'm not leading you. The Holy Spirit is. We need the Holy Spirit in our worship. We need the Holy Spirit in, in our marriages. I need the Holy Spirit of God. Hold my hand one hand. We need the Holy Spirit in our marriages. We need the Holy Spirit. As we raise our children, we got to be people of the Spirit. And so, church, today, when I say I'm going all into the river, I say I'm going all into what the Holy Spirit has for me. I remember, church, as I begin to close now. When I was in Bible college my sophomore year, I had some friends of mine. They're still friends of mine to this day. They're in my wedding. They taught me how to play a game. That previously I had no idea how to play. They taught me how to play poker in Bible college, nonetheless. Now, let me burst some of your bubbles out of this place because I don't want this church to be a church of gossip and say, Pastor plays poker. We never played for money. Texas Hold'em was just for the chips, that was all. Just a card game when you do it that way. We didn't want to sin. We didn't even do a Cheez-Its. <laughs> I'll see your two Cheez-Its and I'll raise you four Cheez-Its. We didn't do it that way either. We didn't want to sin. We just did it with chips. But I, I, to be honest with you, I was never really a good Texas Hold'em player. Some of y'all are like still in shock that <laughs> you're like, Pastor plays Texas Hold'em. Sinner. I rebuke you. But I never really was a good Texas Hold'em player because I never really had that good poker face. You know, you got to have a good poker face. You know, you got to, you know, make somebody think that you got a good hand when you really don't have a good hand. You know what I'm talking about? And I remember that I never really had a good poker face. You know, I'm sitting there, I'm trying to like smile like... <laughs> My hand's going to kill your hand. <laughs> but there was always times that I would bluff. We would always up the ante a little bit. And when there was no more ante to up, there was one thing left that you would say. You would put all the chips in the middle of the table and say, this is it. 
I'm either going to beat you or you're going to take everything I got because I'm going all in. And the problem with me is that people that I played Texas Hold'em with would figure out that Eric Danner, because he stinks at this game, the only time that he would go all in is if he had a great hand. Don't mess with him if he has a great hand because he's going to go all in. Just get out. Say, I'm out. Fold him. Because I would never go all in if I had a bad hand. But I believe today that the Lord is calling some people out that says no matter what hand the life has dealt me, no matter if life has dealt me a good hand, or right now I'm going through some things that is a bad hand. I'm going all in. I'm putting all of my chips on the table, and I'm telling the devil right now, no matter what comes my way, I'm all in to the river. You can throw whatever you want to throw at me, but I'm going all out for Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this place today. Jesus, we worship you in this house. We love you. We praise you. You are to be glorified. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, now in this place. Have your way from this moment forward in this service. Do what no man could do, God. If that's you, with no one looking around, say, Pastor, I want to be all in. But I need to move from the shore to ankle deep. I need to have a starting point in my life. There, there needs to be a little bit of commitment now. I'm tired of playing the game. And I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to take my first step in Jesus. With no one look around say, Pastor, there's sin in my life. I'm ready to commit my life to Jesus. I'm ready to take that step. Would you raise your hand all over the sanctuary? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's sin in my life. I'm ready to commit my life to Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. I see you. I see you. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hands still going up. Praise God. I'm going all in. Five. I see it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hands still going up. Praise you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. I'm ready to take that first step. I'm going in. Nothing's going to hold me back. No matter what hand that life has dealt me, I'm going all in. Jesus. 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 I see it. I see it. I see it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stand up on your feet all across this room right now? Begin to raise your hands to heaven. Begin to sing this out. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, sing it out with us. Say, Spirit lead, Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper, take me deeper than my feet could ever. My faith would be made strong in the presence of my Savior. Say, Spirit, lead me.
second call today is this. It's very simple. Say, Pastor, I'm right with God, but I'm not where I need to be in God. You know that that is a thing, don't you? That you can be right with God, but you're not where you really need to be in God. Because I believe that God has wanted to call some people to live a little bit higher. I believe that God is wanting you to live a little bit different. I believe that God is wanting to have a little bit more of you. And he's desiring that you have a little bit more of him. So, Pastor, that's me. This summer, my business, I'm going after the harvest. I want to live holy. But today, I want to be all in. If that's you, would you raise up your hands all over this room today? and begin to praise him for how you know how to praise him. Don't worry about the words right now. Don't worry about a song. Just begin to lift your voices and say, Oh God, you sent your son to be all in for me. And today, I'm going to live all in for you, Lord. I thank you because you have been good. I thank you that you have called me out to live higher. I thank you, Lord, that you want more of me. So here am I. I commit my life to you. I commit my family to you. I commit my job to you. I commit my finances to you, oh God. I'm all in. I'm all in. Thank you, Jesus. It's without one. Let this be your testimony. Say wherever you will call. Wherever you will call. Say, take me deeper. Take me deeper than my feet. I feel led of the Lord to sing a different song. This is actually my favorite worship song in the world. Most of you already know this. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in my life. In every aspect of who I am, I give you free reign. I would say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Before we leave this house today, before I call and dismiss, would you raise your hands up as a sign of surrenderance? Just begin to sing, Holy Spirit, 
We welcome you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, in this house. Sing it out, say, Holy, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be by your Holy Spirit, presence, you're welcome God, here. Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit, come on, before we leave here today, welcome. close your eyes and just picture Jesus. this way. Sing it one more time. This week, Lord, I welcome you on Monday. I welcome you on Tuesday. I welcome you Wednesday. You're welcome in my life on Thursday. You are welcome in my family's life on Friday. On Saturday, I welcome you, God. You're welcome in this place, Lord. I'm all in. I'm all in. Your glory, God is Hallelujah. To be overcome by your presence. Somebody give God a shout of praise in this house today. 
Come on, give him everything you got before we dismiss. We welcome you. We worship you. We're all in today, God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Before I pray a dismissal prayer today, let me encourage the church to do one thing. I, I actually am starting to put an emphasis on something in our ministry, and that is through social media. Social media, it, it's a free avenue just to share the word with somebody. It's a free avenue to invite somebody to church. It's a free avenue to actually fellowship with somebody. Isn't that something? So today, this is what I want to challenge you to do. If something touched you today, you don't even have to quote me. Don't even, don't, it's not about a man. Share on your status what God has done in your life, in your family's life, on, on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Tell somebody about Father's Day next week. Invite someone to that. Through social media, we've had people mark on, on our visitor cards, I heard about your church through Facebook. Think about that for just a moment. Think about all the people that we know on social media. Number one, that doesn't know Jesus. And number two, they don't have a church. Let God use you this week. Go after the harvest. Go after the harvest. Say, Pastor, I know someone that doesn't know Jesus. Raise your hand. Every hand in this room is raised right now. I know someone that doesn't know Jesus. What better way to share with them instead of one-on-one -on -one than just go on Facebook? Let God use you this week. Go after the harvest. Be holy. Live different. Be a cut above. Be set apart. This week, live your lives all in. Don't be an ankle deep. Take a step, go past knee deep. Take another step, go past waist deep. Let the current take you. How many would say, I just want the current to take me? Father, today, we love you. We worship you. Thank you for everything that you have accomplished in this house today. We sign it. We seal it. We, we declare today that we're going to live our lives all in. Use us today, God, as we go out for the harvest this week. We live holy this week. And we're all in this week. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Ladies who lunch this Saturday. Also, next Sunday, Father's Day. Today's the last day to sign up and pay for a basic gathering. God bless you. You are dismissed. Hug five necks before you leave and tell somebody that you love them.